0: listening to the marietta seventh day adventist church podcast today's message comes to us from senior pastor of marietta seventh day adventist church matthew smith this week we're uh, transitioning from the new testament back to the old testament we spent uh, 4 or 5 weeks i guess 4 weeks in philippians listening to Paul, but this week we're changing it up, we're going to the Old Testament to look at a song, a psalm that David writes, and I've been praying that people, that God speak to your heart this morning. Uh, Now, before we even dive in, I'm going to give a little bit of a a disclaimer, if you will. Every sermon I've ever preached is like a giant net that you throw out and you hope to catch lots of people in it, Uh, and it's never at someone specific, although some names come to mind sometimes, to be honest with you. Uh, But it's definitely for lots of different people, like young and old, Um, people that are deeply spiritual, people that are surface-level spiritual, Um, people that are conservative, people that are liberal. And it's a giant net, and you try to get as many people in there that you can. So today, this morning, as we travel through this uh, this Song of David, there's going to be some illustrations in there, some audible illustrations that will connect with you and some of them won't. In fact, some of these illustrations might even offend you. So if you are offended this morning by certain illustrations, and they don't connect with you, think of the giant net that's being thrown to reach as many people as possible, to crack open hearts so the Holy Spirit can speak to you. Are you with me? All right, disclaimer done. Now we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, this morning, as we, as we open your word, may you speak Clearly to our hearts may we know you better at the end of this time together god we love you in jesus name amen most of us in this room know what this is what is it somebody most people have facebook but the real question is and i'd like to see uh, you raise your hands because it'll make me feel better about getting old um, how many of you had a myspace page come on bold i love it there's like eight of us this is great Ah, some people were kind of like half raising their hand a little bit. Oh, MySpace. I was a late adopter to it because I'm like this core value of authenticity doesn't allow me to be like, yeah, let's have these fake relationships online somewhere. I want it face to face. And so I was super anti MySpace for a while until peer pressure set in. And then like I was a senior in college by the time I got a MySpace and MySpace was so cool for like a week right? Before Facebook came and whatever. Here's what I loved about MySpace. Uh, You had all these themes that you could put on there. Some people liked polka dots. Some people liked dark themes. Some liked whatever. Just you could do whatever. It was a custom web page for yourself. And uh, the best part about MySpace was that you could put a song on your MySpace page that people, when they came to your MySpace page, it played automatically. And it was like the theme song for your life. It was the soundtrack for your life. It represented you, who you are, and what was going on in your life, because depending on your mood, you could change that song anytime you wanted. A lot of us, and Carrie Harlan, I just, I thought of you this week as we were talking about MySpace, because you had one, right? Okay, thank you. And and I just thought that you would understand this, that if you you, you got in a a happy mood, you might put on some Britney Spears, or maybe some Backstreet Boys. If you were really feeling kind of edgy, you might put some Ace of Base on there. Somebody out there? Anybody? Nobody knows what Ace of Base is. You didn't want to admit it in church. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay, I know. Um, But if your mood changed and you got depressed or sad, you might go a little darker and put some Linkin Park on there or maybe some Creed. Whoa, that'll take you back. First service, somebody came up and they said, hey, thanks for a trip through the 90s, Pastor Matt. Those were good years. What was cool about MySpace is that a couple clicks and you could change who you were with a song. You could change the soundtrack to your life in just a couple of clicks. This morning, if you could listen to the soundtrack of your life, what would it sound like? Which artists and musicians would be in your life playlist? Which genre of music describes you? What's the song of your life? This is where it gets a little sketchy. I'm ready for my emails. Now see, some of you, your soundtrack for your life... Sounds like this. We got the music up? We got the audio up? All right. This sounds like your life. Tell me if this is your soundtrack. Like a Bach concerto, the Brandenburg concerto, just smooth sailing right through life. No problems, just happiness. Is that anybody? I don't know. How about this one? Some of you, you uh, your soundtrack sounds a little bit different. Um, uh, I'll just play it for you. Is this your soundtrack? This next one. This next one is the soundtrack to Pastor Luke in My Life. At least we aspire to this. Now, you won't know this song unless you've ever been to a Hawks game when they win, or if you listen to Ludacris, which hopefully is none of you. And if you don't understand the words of this song, this is not for you. Because all I do, all I do is win, 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 no matter (laughs) what. I'm going to get fired today. (laughs) Now, some of you, and this is just mean, some of you, this is the soundtrack to your life through the lens of Celine Dion. Sad. Let's, let's all shed a tear for that, those people with a soundtrack. Okay, um, how about this one? Some of you, like, when you came out of the womb, the world was different. And I'm not necessarily saying in a positive way. Uh, you're just that unique person. Maybe you just never felt like you fit in. Um, maybe this is the soundtrack to your life. This is how you entered the world. I came in like a if you can't understand the words, it's not for you. Yes enough of Miley Cyrus for the day. Um, some of you, um, maybe you uh, have just been through so much in life. Struggles, drama, you name it. It's, a, it's over and over again. So this is your life soundtrack. Hopefully that's not like, because you're old. like. Somebody said, hey, somebody's just going to get up and leave, I know. Okay, last one, last one. Some of you, your daily theme song sounds like this. Because you had a bad day, you take it one down, you sing a sad song just to turn it around. You had a bad day every day. Whatever the song, soundtrack for your life is, the question is, can it ever change? Is it like a MySpace click, click, and you change the song, it changes your life? Does the soundtrack to your life ever change? And more importantly, can it ever be the song that God wants to sing in your heart and your life about what he's doing and what he will do, what he has done, and and how he's a part of your life now? This morning, we're going to look at a song. In fact, I invite you to open your Bible with me to Psalm chapter 40. So it's a song, it's a psalm of David. In fact, I like the book of Psalms. It's pretty rich. Uh, David, King David, he writes most of these psalms, and it's like a diary of his life. If you're, uh, if you're new to Bibles, if this is your first time in a church, there are red pew Bibles in front of you, and you can follow along on page 502, just to follow along, in the book of Psalms, Psalms chapter 40. Uh, at one point, David is called a man after God's heart, so that tells you a little bit about the author of this book, what an incredible person he was, and as he writes Psalms and these songs, it's a diary of his life, the highs and the lows, because you see him rejoicing, you see him celebrating, but you see him depressed as well all throughout this book. Now, here's the thing. In, uh, the Hebrews call this book not the book of Psalms, but the book of praises. In fact, the Hebrew beginnings of this book is called Hallel, which we get our word hallelujah from. And so as we read this song, see if you can hear David's hallelujahs in here. Psalm chapter 40, starting in verse 1. Say amen if you got it. All right, here we go. Psalm chapter 40, we're only looking at three verses today. It's super short. We're going slowly. Here's how it goes. David says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. And we pause there to think about it for a minute. David's waiting, patiently waiting. It's a good thing. And I can't go on without this natural application because just like David the soundtrack of his life could be the soundtrack of yours. He's waiting. He's waiting, 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 and his soundtrack sounds like this. Oh, This is a fail. I'm about to have to go back to the AV booth. Let's try it again here. All right. It's not AV's fault. It's the Internet's fault. So we There's David's theme song. Is that your theme song this morning? Waiting for a job? Waiting for a spouse, somebody? Waiting for a diagnosis? Waiting for an answer? Any answer? Waiting for the pain to go away? Just waiting, waiting, waiting patiently on God to move in your life. There's someone in our church that is incredibly courageous as she waits. We talked about her this morning in prayer. Here's a picture of her. This is Sharon Tomlinson. What an awesome, beautiful person. She doesn't look like that anymore because she's 42 pounds lighter as she's fought cancer over the last year or so. Uh, I've visited with her, connected with her. I talked to her on Thursday. She got diagnosed with cancer uh, about a year ago. And just after that, her mom dies. Just two weeks ago, her dad dies. Just Wednesday her brother dies. And I think, how much more can she take? She's lost 42 pounds because she has no appetite. F- eating food is a chore. She said that every time she puts food in her mouth, it tastes like metal because of the chemotherapy running through her body. Uh, she, she is waiting. She's waiting to see what the doctors will say. She's waiting to see what's going to happen with her body. She's waiting to see where the devil's going to attack next. And even though she's courageous and even though she trusts God... Her, her, she just waits. As we talked, I said, Sharon, and I had tears streaming on my face, and I could hear uh, tears in her voice too. And I said, Sharon, this isn't from God. That's not the God that I know. He doesn't do this thing to people. It's Satan. Satan hates God. And if he can't get at God directly, he'll get at God through the ones that God loves the most. And so he's attacking you in every way that he can. And she says, I know, pastor, but I'm tired of waiting, waiting to see what's going to happen. And so she waits waits for God to, give the, the, to fulfill the promise that he says to give a hope and a future. And she waits. And Sharon's life looks a whole lot like David's life as he waits for God to show his will in his life. You know David. Only a boy named David. He's a shepherd boy. He, he goes to the battle lines with his cheese sandwiches for his brothers. He gets there and he hears Goliath talking. he says, we're not going to have that guy talking about our God like that. And so he dresses up and he gets his five smooth stones, and he goes out there and he slays the, the, the giant, and he begins to have immediate fame across the country and the nation. Uh, he grows up, he goes on these battles, and he comes back, and the nation gathers around him as he re-enters the city, and they say, David has killed 10,000, and Saul, King Saul, killed thousands, and Saul, the king, can't handle the fact that this young buck is rising in power. And so Saul goes to kill him. And so there's this, this uh, chase that happens, this hunting party after David. And so David, as he writes this psalm, he's probably running from the king as the king's trying to kill him. One, at one point, Saul, the king, he has to use the restroom. Well, there's no porta-potties or no rest stops out in the desert. And so he finds a cave. And he goes up into the cave and it just so happens to be the same cave that David and his men are hiding in. And as King Saul does his stuff, uh, David sneaks up behind him, and all the men say, this is it, David. You've been waiting and waiting and waiting. This is it. This is God's will. Kill him. But David, because he respects the calling of God on humans, he says, I can't kill the anointed of God. And so he cuts off a little piece of his garment and tucks it away uh, to, for, for a later date. And he continues to wait. Saul gets called to battle, and David goes up into the hills of en I've been to en it's a beautiful spot that hangs up above the Dead Sea. In fact, uh, it was just a couple years ago that my wife Jennifer and I got to go. Oh, man, we are struggling today. You want to just go to the next slide for me? Thanks, buddy. Um, yeah, I tried to get the least risque picture of that white guy there in the water. That if it, if it makes you sick of your stomach, just close your eyes. It's okay. But, man, you can float in the Dead Sea. It's awesome. And right above the Dead Sea is this kibbutz, which is this self-sustaining little village uh, called En Gedi. And it's right there where David was. In fact, my favorite night of our trip to Israel was when we stayed at En Gedi. We slept with the windows open because it was perfect temperature. Here was our view out of our window. Look at that. Isn't that awesome? Somewhere out there, David was waiting and crying. He's up in a cave somewhere as he waits For God to speak to him. Listen how David describes his waiting. Verse 1 again. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He says, He lifted me out of the slimy pit. That's what my version says. A lot of versions will translate that not as slimy, but pit of destruction or pit of despair or a horrible pit. Or if you go right to Hebrew, it's it's the pit of noise. It's like David. He's, he's in this cave. His life song is silence. He's listening for God's voice. He's listening for an answer. He's listening for God to direct his life. But all he can hear is the soundtrack of his life, and it sounds like this. I'll let you do it, Robert. Go ahead. What'd you say, God? Where are you, God? David sits. And he waits, and all he hears is static. And I wonder this morning, how many times you have waited to hear something, anything, from God? How many times has the soundtrack of your life been static white noise as you've wondered what his voice sounds like? Tell me anything, God. Tell me yes, and I'll do it. Tell me no, and that's fine too. Tell me to go, and I'll go. Tell me to stay, and I'll stay. Just tell me something, anything. How long have you waited and listened to static white noise when it comes to hearing God's voice? And I believe that it's those times where you don't hear anything, that you have to look at others' stories and other people's experiences and to see what they've heard from God that gives you strength and courage to know that God's there even if it doesn't feel like it. Here's David's experience. Psalm 40, verse 1 and 2. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, the pit of noise, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock. He gave me a firm place to stand. Oh, man, can you hear the shift in his attitude? I waited and waited and waited and he pulled me out of the pit the slimy mucky miry muddy pit when i was 10 years old we lived in greenville tennessee and uh lived on this farm and it was awesome and on sabbath afternoons we would often take little excursions and go hike someplace and and on this sabbath we decided to go to the water treatment plant which sounds disgusting let me explain it was just down the road, and it was the clean water. They'd pull it out of the Nolachiki River and put it up into this reservoir that, that could hold all the water, and they'd use gravity to, to let the water funnel down into these filters, these sand filters. They'd put all the water through there, and it'd come out clean on the other end. It wasn't sewage water. It was clean water getting cleaner. And we would love to go up on top of this reservoir, up on the road that went around it. It's this big lake. We would walk around it. And on this one Sabbath, as we're walking around it, we, we look down and we see these two... Um, holding tanks basically holding ponds so we went down to check them out and as we got closer we realized that there was no water in them it was just a dried crusty surface of mud just dry as the desert cracked open and as most of us were looking into it my sister mindy who's awesome love her to death she walks out on top of this crusty dirty hard crusty mud area and she gets eight or ten steps out there And immediately sinks to her waist in this muck. And after the family laughed at her for a while, we tried to help her. But what are you going to do? You can't walk out there to help her. You just kind of encourage her from the sidelines. You can do it. Try wiggling a little more. So she wiggled and climbed and just tried to get out. And after a few minutes of struggling, she got a leg out. But there wasn't a shoe on her foot anymore, and she wasn't going back for it. And she pulled her way over to the side of the, the pond and she got out on solid ground. And she rejoiced, even if she was a shoeless hop-along all the way home, She mud-covered. She rejoiced that she was no longer in this pit. And I feel like David, as he gets pulled out of this pit, he rejoices as well. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, almost cryptic what he, what's happening in this psalm. But it's like David goes and has a conversation with King Saul. And, and, he, and they, they're not enemies, they're just acquaintances, and they're talking it through. And, and Saul says these words that pull him out of the pit. Here's what he says in First Samuel. Saul says, you, David, are more righteous than I am. You've treated me well, but I've treated you badly. You've just, you have just now told me about the good you did to me. The Lord delivered me into your hands, but you did not kill me. When a man finds his enemy, does he let him get away unharmed? May the Lord reward you well for the way you treated me today. I know that you will surely be king and that the kingdom of Israel will be established in your hands. And David is pulled out of the pit, out of the slime, out of the muck, and he rejoices at that he is now free. In fact, the soundtrack to his life changes from static noise because he's now heard God speak through Saul, and the soundtrack to his life sounds like this. Go ahead, Robert. Oh. David even records the song change. As he says in verse 3, David says, He put a new song in my mouth. A hymn of praise to God. It's a new song. It's not the old one. It's not the old MySpace song. Something's changed. It's the new song. And he sang it with his heart. He sang it with gusto. He sang it with everything that he had because God had put a new song in his mouth a new song for him to sing that came straight from the throne room of heaven. This morning you walked in here with a soundtrack of your life playing. What song was it? I'm not sure what the song that you heard. It's not even the song that I really care about. The song that's important is the new song that God wants to give to you. The new song that he has in mind for you. And I wonder... What is the new song that God wants in your life? For some of of you this morning, you struggle with negativity. Just being critical. You love to point out everybody else's faults. Maybe it makes you feel better. You live with this constant critical heart and a scowl on your face. And I wonder, could it be, could it be that God has a new song for you? Maybe a new song that sounds like this. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart to stay. It's a new song. It might be an old song, but maybe that's your new song. For some of you this morning, you struggle with doubt doubt about who God is. Doubt that he'll come through for you when you need him the most. Doubt that he is who he really says he is. And to you this morning, maybe God has this soundtrack for your life. Great is thy faithfulness. Great. song? For some of you this morning, you're hurting. You've experienced pain or loss or frustration. Maybe you're at your wits end and you're ready to hang up the towel. And for you, maybe God's new song sounds like this. It is where Some of you, you struggle with forgiveness. You weren't treated fairly. Somebody did you wrong. You got shoved to the margins and overlooked. And in kind of a silly way, maybe God's new song for you sounds like this, and everybody knows this song, especially if you have a four or five-year-old little girl. Here's what it sounds like, God's new song for you. it was a good song i guess that didn't apply to anyone all right let's keep moving the psalmist says this in psalm uh which psalm is it 96 it says this he says sing to the lord a new song what's the song that god has for you the new song that he wants you to sing the new song that he gives you that supersedes all the other songs that you think may be your soundtrack in your life what's that song for you this morning I'm going to pray for you as we we close. In first service, I invited everyone to come up, uh, those that wanted a new song. I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to let you stay in your seats, but I want to pray for each of you this morning. Heavenly Father, we're praising you for being a God that knows us better than we know ourselves. We're praising you for being a God that always has a song that you want to give us. And so I pray for each person here this morning. May you help us know the soundtrack of our lives that you have for us. And may we sing your song. With great gusto, may we praise you for who you are and what you're doing in us. God, we love you, and we can't wait to see you. In Jesus' name, We hope you were inspired by today's message, and we would love to hear from you. If you would like to contact one of our pastors, find out more about what we believe, or for information about our service times in Marietta, Georgia, please visit www.mariettaadventist.org. If you were inspired by today's message, please share it with your friends. It is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are available.